When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome, Tremendous Leadership fans, to the Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and unpack what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited because my very special guest is Alan Joins. And let me tell you a little bit about Alan. Alan has been a lifelong learner and follower of Christ for 50 years. Despite life obstacles, he reinvented himself by God's grace from dock worker and janitor to regional HR manager of a Fortune 500 company to a pastor. He relocated a small congregation to a 46-acre campus to a successful business owner in the telecommunication industry. For 40 years, Alan has been a high-energy communicator, sharing his belief that anything is possible with God. Alan lives in South Central PA with Diane, his wife for 43 years. They enjoy time with their six grown children and 11 grandchildren. Alan, it's such an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's a a pleasure and a joy to be here. (laughs) I love it. And I had to laugh when you said your wife had six kids. So did Charles. I know. (laughs) And he would always say the only reason he had six kids is because Gloria didn't like children. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing, same thing here. <laughs> oh, I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, but he also said he'd never leave Gloria because he'd never let her ruin the life of another man. So yeah, that's I, true. Yeah. <laughs> for our listeners out there, you've heard Alan's background and he's really going to unpack the price of leadership for us. But could you share just, uh, you've been in the Jones uh, family for many, many yeah. decades. Could yeah. you share a little bit about your interaction with my father? Wow. It goes back a long ways here. First of all, my love for books brought him into the executive bookstore. Okay. And that's, I started buying books. I was in discipling men at the time. So I was buying books for other men and we were talking about books. That's how I started to, and then of course, walking into that bookstore, you didn't walk out with just one book. (laughs) You walked out with So over the years, I guess, Tremendous and I developed a friendship there because of the love for books and reading and that type of thing. And that's kind of how it's, that's kind of really how it started. And uh, then it became my uh, monthly journey to the bookstore to get my shot of (laughs) enthusiasm and encouragement along the way. And that's kind of how my relationship with your dad grew. And it's been, it was an amazing journey. I I loved your father. He, He made you think. And I love the way he, he uh, phrased things and the way he presented things. You walked out of there encouraged and you walked out of there thinking different than when you walked in. It was such a blessing to know your dad. Well, that's wonderful. And Alan, it's wonderful to still have you part of the Tremendous Family. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about all the wonderful (laughs) things God has going on in your life. But first of all, let us unpack the price of leadership, a speech my father gave decades ago that still continues to be one of his most requested topics because everybody bemoans, where are the good leaders? Uh, Well, there's a price to pay. And that could be why most people shy away from leadership. (laughs) 
But right. let's unpack that, Alan. Okay, so the first thing he talks about in The Price of Leadership, he has that little booklet, is he talks about loneliness. Right. And, you know, we've all heard that it's lonely at the top or heavy is the head that wears the crown. But can you talk to me about what loneliness means for you as a leader and perhaps some insights for our listeners out there if they might be in a season of loneliness? Well, the big thing about loneliness is realizing that you're actually never one. You think you are, but you're not. And, and that's where uh, the, the, str- the struggle is, is where, you know, the purpose, uh, you know, uh, our faith in our purpose must be greater than our feelings. And with the different work I've done, the different jobs I've had, you know, our emotions sometimes get in the way. We think we're alone, but we're really not. And I often ask, ask God to help me. Give me enough encouragement to keep going, but not too much to make me proud. <laughs> and, he's good and, you know, at that. <laughs> oh, he's good at that. He's good at that. And I found different times. Sometimes we need that sense of downtime or loneliness in our life. I actually need it just so we can quiet ourselves and be in a place where he would want to take us or where he's leading us. And the other thing about loneliness was different times in my experience, and it's in my book or whatever, he would bring special people into my life to help me during a certain time, just to remind me, you're really not alone. You know, Elijah thought he was all by himself. And God said, what are you ball babying about? There's 7,000 that have a bowed the knee. You're not alone. But he didn't know that. He didn't realize that. And I think that's the one thing that we need. And, and then in our work world or spiritual journey, that, that is a key lesson to learn. Realize even though we feel lonely, we're not really alone. <laughs> And that, that. that has, that has yeah. really helped. That has really helped me on my journey through whatever, you know, I, I've been journeying through. Well, what a great reminder. We are never alone. And people say, where's God? No, it's where are you? He's right there. He's exactly. already You've accepted exactly. him. So stop pushing him away. You know, we have the ultimate <laughs> advocate in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, exactly. stop thumb sucking, as dad would say. Yeah, so yeah, that's <laughs> It's like you're here standing out in the rain, getting rained on, and the whole time there's an umbrella you can move under, and your ball, your, you know what I mean? It's, it's like who's really moved, or, you know, it's, and it's too many times we just kind of allow our circumstance to dictate our emotions. Instead of letting our emotions dictate our circumstance. Well, I love that. When you say faith and purpose uh, has to be greater than feelings, you know, as a man thinketh, the mind of Christ, Romans 12, 2. Feelings follow the mind. Feelings lie. Feelings fade. Feelings like happiness. It's such a weird thing, but joy is real. Thoughts are real. Feelings just respond and manifest. So I'm really glad you said that because a lot of it is mental. You're going to want to thumb suck and feel like you're a little martyr. (laughs) Nobody gets you. You know, Charles would say that too, that he'd never say to glory anything going wrong because she'd say, I told you so. Why did you think you could start your own business? So he (laughs) suffered in silence. Well, there's an element of truth to that. Nobody wants to hear your problems. Oh, the other thing he would say is, you want to hear, uh, you want me to tell me your problems? I'm going to tell you my problems. And sorry, you opened your big fat mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Alan, I truly, truly appreciate that. Now, let me ask you this. When did you meet the Lord? 15 years old. I was 15 years old through a bus ministry of a church. What happened was, uh, and it's, this is all in my book, my dad and my grandfather, my dad was on probation. My grandfather was in the federal penitentiary for bootlegging. And my mother was involved uh, in the sugar, gathering the sugar for the alcohol making and all that. And then they got called, uh, that whole operation got shut down. And and then what happened, my mom remarried. She married, and this is amazing, she married a guy 20 years older than her who was a World War II vet. So I was actually raised by a World War II vet. 
you talk about Memorial Day just happening and, uh, and life wasn't easy. And one of the things was uh, working on the farm, lived on farms, that you had a choice. You either did the chore Sunday morning or you went to church. So church was a punishment. <laughs> so I had a problem. I had a dilemma. I, I hated going to church and I hated working. <laughs> So, so, so sometimes I, I end up being forced to go to church and that finally moved again. And it was basically good. These religious people around us, I didn't want anything to do with that. Finally, they moved again. And lo and behold, I'm 15 years old. And it, this is all in the book. 15 years old, a neighbor asks, would you guys like to go to Sunday school? And I can't get away from these religious fanatics. They're everywhere. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And, and it was amazing because... I had moved from one school district to another. For 15 years, I went by my stepfather's last name illegally. They never had my name changed. They just said, you're going to call you this. When I went to the new school and they saw my birth certificate, they made me change. I either had to legally get adopted or I had to go by my real name. So for the first 15 years, I went by a completely different name. At age 15, when I went to the new school, my name changed. They forced me to go by Joins, which was on my birth certificate. And it was simply three months later when my life literally changed. And it was amazing because people, my friends from the old school, would talk to friends at the new school and they'd say, Hey, this guy, the new school, oh, you'll have fun with him. He likes to party. He likes to get, uh, you know, this and that. And the people in the new school, there's nobody here like that. There's this guy who only wants to talk about is Jesus. It's completely different. So my name changed, my life changed, all that, all that changed at age 15. My changes, by the way, I was not perfect. I was a mess for years. <laughs> I had to work through so many different things. And, uh, but God was gracious, but that's, that's how that, that started. That's I how love that. And I, and I asked that because, you know, you just right away went to it, you know, the no, numero uno point. And, you know, yeah. so that yeah. means you had to have been walking with the Lord for quite some time. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing. My book came out in my 50th anniversary month. I, I was saved in March of 1972 and my book came out in March of 2022. <laughs> We're going to talk about so, that too. Wow. It, it took 50, took 50 years to live and a couple of years to write, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, go you. ahead. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, Alan. Thank you. Okay. So the next thing yeah. after loneliness you talked about yeah. is weariness and you know, yes. as well as I do, there's a good weariness, like yeah, job yes. well done. Yes. And then there's a weariness that, that's draining. And, and he would always say, you know, my problem isn't motivating myself. It's keeping other people from demotivating me. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're a leader, you're always going to have some people that just yes. aren't pulling their weight. And yet we yeah. have to stay at top. We cannot show and, and we have to take care of ourselves. So how do you deal with weariness, Alan? And what would you recommend to our listeners? Well, one thing, a couple of things over the years with weariness, I learned to pace myself. Hmm. You know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You've got to pace yourself. And uh, I have to say the biggest failure, my biggest weakness has been trying to rush ahead and do so many things. And I, I could just burn myself out. But you have to pace yourself. And make sure your, your, your pace is good. Take regular breaks. Really make sure that you really recharge yourself. You know, that, that's why, you know, uh, we've been given the, the, the blessing of sleep. You know, sleep is to recharge our body and, you know, recharge our mind and all that. But I think not alone with sleep, I think we need uh, time off, vacations, those type at, at different intervals. Now, not a whole life of vacations, but, you know, what I mean, just time to, re to recharge that, that really helps. Uh, the other thing with weariness is finding, being around, and this is two things, and it goes to my relationship with, uh, with Charlie, was this, reading encouraging books, okay? 
because there's other people that have gone before you and being around encouraging people. Don't find the handful of people that give you energy and don't take energy from you. You know, that type of thing, it's so important where it is. And I guess the thing uh, that probably one of the biggest blessings I remember about your dad, and I might as well insert it here, was when I was in the ministry, I went through a very, very hard time where the church, uh, there were some things that needed to be dealt with in the church, and I dealt with them, and it seemed like everything backfired on me. And I went from this huge church to uh, it shrank, and we were looking at buying land, and it looked like it looked like all was lost. My board was divided. Everybody was telling me, you know, that you, you shouldn't be a pastor. You need to move on. Just forget it. And I really contemplated, you know, maybe I maybe I need to just give up. And, you know, it says, don't be weary. Well, do you keep going because the reward's at the end. Okay. And I remember, and somehow, somehow uh, that information got leaked to your dad. <laughs> oh, I and wonder I, how. Yeah. I wonder how. Somehow somebody told him, I didn't tell him. And I remember walking into the store to you know, get some books. And, and he walked right up to me, Tracy. And he said, first thing he said, and he had a very firm and stern look on his face. And he said, what's this? I hear you're leaving the ministry. What's this here? I hear you're quitting. And he grabbed me. I mean, your dad was a big guy. He grabbed me. He's, he's known for his hugs. Okay. But that day it wasn't a hug. It was a shakeup. He grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me like I was a little kid. And I'm a grown man. He shook me like a little kid. And he said, what's this? You're going to quit. What's this? Don't you know if the pastor leaves, the problem stays, but if the pastor stays, the problems leave. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't want to tell you, Tracy, what your dad did there shook me to the core. Yeah. And that was like, when we talk about weary, every now and then we need a wake up call, you know, (laughs) and that was my wake up call and it came to your dad. And well, what happened was, guess what? I didn't quit. I went back. Actually, that moment that happened, I was on a little mini sabbatical trying to figure out what I was going to do. I went back. The church got healed. The land was bought. The new building was built. Today, there's a beautiful church on a 46-acre campus that is making an impact in the community. It's 46 acres. They designated 20 acres for community park to outreach the community. And the vision continues that we started there. Here's the thing. I almost gave up. But it was that encouragement that your dad gave during that moment of weariness that inspired me to keep going. And I did. And, you know, the rest is history. So that's the thing with weariness. You know, the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing because in due time, you'll reap the reward. And I really think, Tracy, when it comes to weariness, too many of us, we give up too soon. Mm -hmm. We give up right before we're getting to the finish line. We give up right before it's going to happen. And that's, to me, that was the big thing of weariness, you know, how, how to do, take moments of rest, but also be around people that can inspire and encourage you and just keep going. Don't quit. Do well, that quit. reminds me of Russell Conwell's Acres of Diamonds. Yes. We all go looking. You could have gone to find another church, not realizing that yes. the diamonds are right, right underneath your feet. And, right. you know, I've been told that for a leader, the difference between a pat on the back and a kick in the rump is 18 inches. <laughs> and that did that. You, yeah. you, you, and I would get calls from people, Alan, when I first came back and they're like, yeah. you know, Tracy, your father, blah, blah, blah. And I came in there and, and he grabbed me and he screamed at me and I started crying. I thought, oh boy, here we go. Cause I had been gone <laughs> for a long time. And then they're like, that was the best thing that ever happened. because I And I'm like, oh, okay. And I mean, you know, it's just so beautiful that you, that you share that because sometimes 
our own negative people are going to drag us down remember new levels new devils the devil's going to hit you hard and so you got to get people to say this is the other thing he'd say to me every time i'd be like you know this is it tired of dealing with these betrayers (laughs) these naysayers blah and is it anything worse than what jesus went through so he and i'm like he's like then then what is your problem yeah <laughs> so you don't get to complain about it until you're yeah. suffering. <laughs> but boy he really lived that and he knew what people would do to the people yeah. that tried the hardest and it is a sad thing but yes. again look at jesus and and we just we don't yeah. worry about that we yeah. just no. thank god that he's gracious no. and go right back in there right yep so along with that weariness, uh, the other thing I have to give credit to is actually my stepfather, who I did not get along with, who, you know, for 15 years, 16 years of my life, it was nothing but a headbutting and struggles and just uh, all that. But the one thing I learned from my stepdad was this. Sometimes you've got to do things whether you feel like it or not. Yes. You've got to have a bulldog tenacity. He made me as a young child do things work ethic wise that I hate it doing, but he forced me to do them and I hated it. But yet looking back, it was the best character developing thing that he could have done for me. Because really what I went through in work world, what I went through in church world and work world, all deals with that tenacity, not giving up and just doing things, whether you feel like it or not, you know, and you know, successful people will do things whether they feel like it or not and successful right. people just go with the flow. So, but that's a really important part there too. Well, again, new common denominator success. Difference between a failure and a success is the success has made a habit. Feelings, your habits have nothing to do with your feelings. Habits are just whether you feel it or not, you go do it. And so I'm glad that that even, you know, that we can learn from people and tenacity and grit. I watched Charles do that. And and you too, (laughs) um, that is 90%. You at least get an A on your report card if you just don't quit. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I'm like, I'll, I'll take an A. I'll take a low A. That's fine. So, okay, Alan, I, I totally appreciate your take on the weariness and what that took. And I love that pastors leave, problems stay. Pastor stays, problem leave. That could be for a leader for anything. Yeah, that's a leader for any, and that's a quote from your dad. <laughs> I love talking. I never hear him say that, and and I love it. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, brother. So we talked about loneliness, weariness. Next, let's talk about abandonment. And a lot of people think that abandonment is a negative thing. But in the context of leadership, my father, that was focus. That was pruning away what you want and like to think about like quitting and thumb sucking (laughs) and how how mean everybody is to you in favor of what you ought and need to think about. So can you talk to me about how you get all the distractions, all the enemies of great away and stay focused on what's next? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to abandonment, we all have to be abandoned to something. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We have to be abandoned to something. Yeah. We can't do everything. See, we can't do everything. You know, the, the, I think sometimes the world tries to sell to sell it. You can have it all. You can have right, it all. Right. Yeah. You, if you try to have it all, it's going to kill you. Yes. <laughs> you can't possibly do it. You know, but you've got to decide what you're going to be abandoned to. And to me, that was a thing of abandonment. Like uh, when I was working up in work world, I was abandoned to, you know, a certain job or in the ministry, I was abandoned to ministry. This was what my focus was going to be. And being abandoned to that. In fact, when you look at scriptures, Apostle Paul was abandoned to Christ. And, you know, for, for he said, you know, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, he, that was his focus. 
And I think I'll be honest with you in this day and age, we have too many focuses. We try to do, yeah. we have too many focuses. We, we try to do too much. And I'm guilty of that. Just as you know, you ask my wife and my, my children, they know, tell you, right. you're, you're so busy, you know, but really we have to determine what's really the main thing. And this whole thing of abandonment, what are we abandoned to? And what we are abandoned to, is it really worth our time and our energy? Is it really worth our time and energy? You know, I think when we're young and we go through the young stage, we're thinking about money, making money, surviving and all that. And I think as we get older, we shift from wanting to make money to wanting to make an impact. And making an impact is so much more powerful than making the dollar. Mm. I mean, and I think your dad was an example of that, too. He, He impacted a lot of people. And, you know, and, and I remember different times him talking to me and we were chatting and I thought about, you know, my interaction with him. It was really like the books. It was really not about the money or the book sales. It was always about impacting people, knowing that if he gave them a book or encouraged them, they were likely to be changed forever. And to me, that's really this whole thing about abandonment is really you know, what are we abandoned to? What, what are we really doing and making it this, this decision there? And here's, here's the hard thing. Uh, you know, I've reinvented myself three times now. Okay. In reinventing myself from a janitor, doc worker to an HR in a corporate, you know, a Fortune 500 company, and then to go from that to a 20 year ministry, then to go to that to a business owner in telecommunication, completely different fields altogether. Okay. The thing that I learned in that, and it was a stress point. Because I had to come to a point where I had to realize I had to give up one thing to gain another thing, that I could not keep both. And I think too many times we try to do that. We try to keep both things going and we end up stretching ourselves, stretching ourselves, getting to the point where we're going to snap. But we have to be willing to give up one thing to gain another. Even Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You know, you're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to hold the one and despise the other. And that's the same way with our life purpose and, and things in our life. We can't, this might sound counterintuitive, but we can't have it all. But we got to decide what we really want and be abandoned to that. And then see what see what the blessing, that, that's where the blessings will flow. Yeah, the world, the world that is a lie that the world tells us. So it is countercultural and it will burn you out. It will be disappointingly satisfying, just like sin. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, after yeah. they ate the apple, <laughs> wow, this isn't so good anymore. And, um, you know, and the other thing yeah. is we are all collectively all different parts of the body. So right. when the nose tries to do what the stomach or the toad yeah. is, right? no. Stay in your lane of anointing. Focus is not meant to be a plural. And there's not, you said focus says, no, focus, one. There should be no such word. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I could go there with my Norwegian. But, anyways, um, yeah, it's just, I love that you talked about that. Too many focuses, and and we do have to be abandoned to something. And that's what good to great Jim Collins is all about. Right. Um, Sure, you can be good at a lot of things, but, you know, what is the one thing? That one thing. Right. And I love that you, like me, I have five different careers just yeah, like you. Yeah. So you, you get the calling and Charles would always say to me, well, Tracy, you're leaving that. And I'm like, yeah, dad, the calling is different. When I was in whatever I was in, I yeah. was all in. But I right. made it clear, unlike dad, yeah. who just built on what he did, but he had a major yeah. life career change when he left Mutual New York yes. and that with another insurance agency. And then, so he had three pivots, you know, so, hey, 
is some people, God has you only doing three layovers before you get to your final destination. Other people like us, it's four, (laughs) five, six. Who knows, Alan? We're just getting going. I don't know. But anybody out there listening, I like to really encourage them. So like if you're restless in your spirit and, and you're struggling with you know what you're doing now and it's been a, it's not just a momentary thing, but it's been an ongoing thing, yes. it could very well be you're being called in a completely yes. different direction. And I love you, it. You, you, you know, when I when I made my transition from corporate world to ministry world, uh, one thing I had done was uh, when I uh, took over the church, I was actually part time for almost two years. OK, and God gave me grace for that time. But guess what happened? The end of two years, that grace was removed. Yes. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to kill myself trying to do a couple things or am I going to let go of one right. and on the other? And that's what that's what happens. I think God gives us grace in the transition, but then it gets to the point where that transition now must happen. So it seems like he removes his hands. It makes it like hard. You're in a corner. You now have to make a choice. You can't just keep straddling the fence. <laughs> so, but anyway. Yeah. And I like that you called that out because, you know, that calling from and calling to, and you always have a calling right. from, and God will cool your heart right. to one thing. That's right. different than quitting. And I think it's good right. for the listeners to know that uh, yes. quitting because you're irritated or you have a spirited discontent right. is a beautiful thing. And that just like loneliness, weariness, and abandonment, there's good and there's bad. There's, there's right. quitting because you're mad, but then right. there's also... God will say, you're done here and move on. So right. you just got to be discerning with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I would right. tell my dad. I'm not quitting this job, dad. It's very clear that th- this is the calling right. here is over and it's time to move on to something else. So as long as you know that um, yes. and you're not quitting because you're mad or you're running yeah. away. Very well put. And yeah, I appreciate you clarifying that because that, that is completely different. And, and sometimes people around you will misunderstand that. Yes. And yeah, you, they, only you know in your heart, you and God, you know, yeah. Only you yes. guys know and honest with it. So, and it may appear, but you just got to do what you got. And that's what leaders do. They, they listen yeah. to the calling. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment, last of all's vision. And, uh, you know, I would hear all these wonderful people growing up talking about vision. I'm like, you know what, Alan, it always intimidated me because I'm, it's, that's not my gig. That's not my gifting. Yeah. But yeah. dad explained vision as so pragmatic, just yeah. seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. You yeah. know, so many people, they'll, oh, that needs to be done. And, you know, <laughs> and you're just talking, it's, it's a post-it note, it's a vision board. So can you share with me what vision means to you and how you get clarity on your calling, your anointing? Okay. Well, first of all, as a pastor, I have people come up to me all the time and say, pastor, y'all be doing this in the church. Oh, oh you, you need to do it. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it, but I know it needs to get done. Oh, no, oh. hold on. If you see it, then that means God's calling you to do it. So I love that. <laughs> that really cut that. <laughs> that's an awesome answer. Yeah. Dang, you could have saved me a lot of heartache, but that's okay. If you see it, that means God is calling you to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, some people, they can see all kind of, well, then God must have called you to do that. If you see see a problem, that means you must be the solution. So, but too many people want to pass that solution off to somebody else. Yeah. But but the the thing about vision, and here's the thing, faith and fear are exactly the same thing. And people often miss this. Faith and fear are, are actually the same thing. Okay. Fear is false evidence appearing real. You know? Yes. You're thinking of a negative outcome. You're thinking of something bad happening. Okay. <laughs> you know, where faith is fully anticipating it will happen. Mm. You know, faith is fully anticipating it to happen. Yeah. You know, they're both the same thing. 
Right. It's your right. response to it. Yeah, it's yes. our response to it, you know. And it's amazing, 365 times in the Bible says fear not. Yes. One for each day of the each day of the year, but and also, but faith is believing. And and, and here's the thing, you know, this thing of vision and hearing and, and dreaming of the future and seeing when I was eight years old, this is in the book, I had to we lived on a farm and I was given the job and I talked, you know, we talked about tenacity and all that of hoeing field corn. <laughs> Not using a tractor. Here's a hoe. I'm going to work. When I come that come home, I expect this field to be hoed. <laughs> and I and I'm eight years old. While I'm out there in the hot sun hoeing this uh, field corn, I start the dream. I just still remember as if it was today. Yeah, just yesterday when when I dreamed it. I dreamed that someday I would be in an air conditioned office in a corner office, and I would be a personnel manager hiring and firing people. And I'm eight years old. And I have this, I have this vision and I'm like, yeah, and I'll be, I'll be talking to people. And, uh, you know, another vision I had was out in the woods. I stood up on the stump and I read about Abraham Lincoln and how he worked out in the woods and all that. Stood on a stump and imagine talking to people, encouraging them. I'm eight years old. Don't have, you know, but, but here's the thing. I was eight years old when I had that vision. When I was 30 years old, I was promoted in the trucking company to a personnel training supervisor where I actually was involved in all those things. It just grew from there. But it started as a seed. And here, here's the thing, Tracy. I think God puts a seed in each of our hearts when we're young of something that he wants to fulfill in us. And we have to believe it. Dream it and believe it and hang on to that. And now there was a lot of curves, a lot of changes. And uh, I will often encourage, one pastor told me uh, that mentored me, said, you know, the Mississippi River runs north a lot of places, you know. If you look at it, it runs north someplace. It doesn't all flow south. And sometimes you might think you're going in the wrong direction, but you're, you might think you're going in the wrong direction, but you might be flowing in the right direction because of everything you're learning and developing. So, you know, like all the different experiences I had all kind of consummated into those different opportunities that, uh, that I was given in life. And I think that happens to us too. But anyway, faith and fear are the same thing. It's our response to the circumstance. <laughs> and not reaction. And not you know, react. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. I did not know. That's awesome. So even if you're going, but you may be flowing and yeah, and there are going to be some backtracks, you know, yeah. at times at life, even with the vision and just s- s- stay on, yeah. stay on target. Yeah. You might think you're going in the wrong direction, but you might be flowing in the right direction. <laughs> so, so anyway. People should pay to listen to this podcast. So much wisdom. <laughs> Seriously, Alan. Man, love it. All right. Well, Alan, we talked about loneliness. We talked about weariness. We talked about abandonment. We talked about vision. Anything else while we have our tremendous leadership listeners that you would like to share about leadership that we have not touched on yet? Well, one thing here, here's a living token. This was a note of encouragement that your dad had, had sent me. In that one season of life. So I, and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the friendship I had with him, the impact he made on my life and still does. The other thing is this, and this, this is so true. This is so true. This is the famous quote. I think you all know that, you know, you're the same person today who were yesterday, except for two things, the books you read, the people you meet. And that is so true. It was when I look back, I am where I am today by the, the full investment of thousands of people into my life. Yes. None of us are self-made. All of us have been invested into by different people. It'll start with our 
you know, our mom and our dad changing our diaper. Okay. <laughs> and then it goes from there to reading and writing. And then it goes from there, learning different skills. So relate the value of relationships. And you can even learn from people you don't like. You can even learn from situations that you don't like, because there's something there to be learned. And just learning from all of those, it becomes like a funnel into our life. So we are all, the, each of us are a combination of all the influences that come in our life. Okay. Along with that are also the books that we read. Uh, when I first came to faith at age 15, well, actually before that, I had an aunt who had, remember the old Encyclopedia Britannica's? Yes. I, we'd go to visit her and I was always fascinated by all these books that she had. So I made it my goal that I was going to read through the Britannica Encyclopedia set. So every time I went there, like I started with A and then went B, and I, I don't know how far I got, but every time I, I get it, just go through that. And then later when I came to faith, I started building a library and started reading books. And I realized people from previous generations were impacting me. They were helping me think different. I think that was one of the things that, that made your dad so unique. He, he knew that. And that's why he promoted books so much. That's why he you know, was a, you know, did book publishing and selling and all that. Cause he knew the impact of that. And I have to say it was the books I've read. I've literally read thousands and thousands over the years, but also the people that I met that made that. And to me, when it comes to leadership, those two things can help take you to another whole level if you're willing to apply them. Absolutely. Well, you're living proof of that, Alan. And I just <laughs> that's so interesting that you were like a little sponge even early on. Clearly God has his, I know you said yes, but clearly God has had his hand on you yeah. and he has it on all of us. So uh, yes. you let him, yeah. you let him work his way. So yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I love, well, Alan, you have talked a lot about your book. So can yeah. we just talk a little bit about that? We oh. have a copy of oh, yeah. discovering the good father. Where can people pick up your book? They can pick that up at Amazon. Just go to Amazon, type my name or type in discovering the good father. And you can get a copy of that there. And uh, yeah. And it's, it's a combination of a, uh, a little bit of my bio, but also some life lessons from business and from spiritual, my spiritual walk and all that and all the different things I've learned on that journey. I actually originally wrote it for my children, my grandchildren, because I wanted to leave a legacy. I, I didn't want them to lose the stories, all the stories I have of all the amazing things that the good father had, has done for me. And now that's what, and where I, why it's called discovering the good father is I was raised by three fathers. You know, Robert Kiyosaki has rich dad, poor dad. Well, I have the good father where I was raised by my stepfather. I was abandoned in my younger years by my biological father. And then, but I, but I had a heavenly father who was there the whole time. And I didn't, you know, it took me a while to discover all that. But yes. now that I've walked 50 years, I look back it's like, wow, it's amazing. That's the thing that all of us, we're never alone. We might think we are, but we're never really alone. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But there are times when you feel like you're alone, because I think it's a test of faith. Do you really believe? Do you really believe? And and the thing is, we're never really alone. We, we need to work through that. But but anyway, that's, yeah, that's, I just gave the synopsis of the book. So <laughs> that's perfect. I love that. And Alan, how can, we're going to have your website down there, but what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Being in touch me a couple of different ways. I have lifemessages.net. You can email me at alan at lifemessages.net or alanjoins.org or discoveringthegoodfather.org. Any of those will, will get you to get you to me. So, and I'd love to hear from people. If I can be an encouragement to you or your group, I'd love to do that. I've been communicating for 40 years and 20 years of a pastor, but before that I, I would do seminars and conferences and stuff like that. So, but anyway, that's, uh, 
If I could be of any service and encouragement, please let me know. And, you know, book came out a couple months ago and I'm already getting amazing reports of people that are encouraged and are being impacted. And that, that just blesses my heart. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, to our viewers out there, listeners, please make sure and connect with Alan, get his book and give him a review on Amazon. We love that. Let, let him know how that's changing your life. Well, Alan, it has just been such a joy chatting with you, learning from you, sharing with you, brother, getting ca- caught up. And just thank you for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much, Tracy, for this opportunity and hope you have a blessed day. You too. And to our listeners out there, thank you so much for being a part of the Tremendous Leadership family. If you like what you heard, please be sure and hit the subscribe button. Sign up at Tremendous Leadership. We've got two weeks of free eBooks and you can pick up a copy of The Price of Leadership. Also, we'd love the honor of a five-star review or drop us a note or share it with somebody that you think may be encouraged with paying the price of leadership. So again, thanks so much. Keep up the tremendous work and have a tremendous rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.